NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. And now here are your hosts, Nevada Caldwell and Rockin' Robbie Hodges. Episode 43, Robbie, Brylan. How you two doing? Doing great. I'm, I'm awesome. You bet. Brian, how are you over there in the corner of Nevada? I'm doing, doing right? great. I cannot complain. You know, I bet your horses are getting ridden a lot, aren't they? So. You know, my horses are actually in Texas. I have nothing at the house, and this is the first time that I'm like, okay, I probably should have kept the horses here for a little longer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're holding up here to kick back ranch in the... Watching uh, old NFRs every night. We love that. And uh, just getting a daily dose rodeo, waiting for them to drop the old green flag again. That's well, what I'm waiting on. You know, it uh, had some pretty cool here happen in Vegas um, just recently. Uh, Saturday, 2.30 uh-huh. actually. You know, our Thunderbirds, they, um, from the Air Force, they flew around the city. It was some things on, you'd find it on social, but man, it was a pretty powerful weekend to see that kind of happen. And it's, I don't know, it just kind of gives you some good good vibes man with what's going on so i uh absolutely man i'm so glad to see that you bet i'm glad everybody in las vegas got to walk outside and see a little bit of something interesting like that that that's oh. really cool only thing we have to fly by over here is either a hawk or a buzzard every once in a while well we're catching fish and uh staying in touch with our buddies making sure everybody's safe nice man, well, i'll tell you what we got a great interview right here don't we this is going to be a fun one yeah, this, uh, you know, we obviously we, we've had this gentleman on before, uh, Casey Fields comes on and, um, you know, kind of catch up with him, see what he's got going on, talk about where he was, you know, competition wise and where he's at right now, what he's got going on. I know he's appreciating his family. Um, there's a lot of reflection oh, of yeah. his injury last year and how he handles downtime, right? Oh, yeah, but old big arm can handle it. I promise you that. If anybody's tough enough to come back, and it's just casual. I've seen this guy from, I was good friends with his dad, and I've seen this guy since he was just a little kid, and now look at him. And some of the stuff I've seen him do on bareback courses is just amazing. Some that there's no way I would ever strap my rig on, and he's waving at people while he's riding. Yeah, and then uh, and, uh, then we switch over yeah. to, uh, we got Big Oat Barry, right? Triple B? Yeah, yep. one of our wonderful Junior World Finals producers. He brings a whole new aspect to our junior kids giving them great scholarship opportunities and so much more. Yeah, the, the give back, man, is yeah. huge on Oak, man. I, I still is fascinated by, like, what he, within his entire program for youth rodeo and specifically steer wrestling, I love what he gives back, and it's just it's some powerful stuff, and he shares a lot about that. And uh, just a little tidbit, when we recorded this, we were not in lockdown when we talked to Oak, so you'll see the contrast talking to Casey and Oak, the difference in the lockdown and where we were and where, where we're at now. So enjoy episode 43. Absolutely. Up next, Brylon Bentley. Rodeo News of the Week. This is Brightland's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. PRCA Stat of the Week. 
30. The event record number of national finals rodeo qualifications, including invitations for team roper Alan Bach. Bach won world championships in 1979, 1990, 1995, and 2006. He was inducted in Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in 2019 in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 40 Days of Texas Rodeo to air exclusive on the Cowboy Channel, re-airing every day of the biggest 2020 Pro Rodeo Texas Winter Rodeos. This will include Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, San Antonio Stock Show and Rodeo, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, and San Angelo Stock Show and Rodeo. Corey Petska and Caleb Driggers join forces as Junior Negara will have to decide on a new partner. PRCA Sponsor Summit is postponed until further notice. One replacement opportunity would be to conduct a joint NFR planning and sponsor summit in coordination with Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame activities in August. But the PRCA will keep applicable parties informed in a timely manner as things develop. Rodeo is about discipline, sacrifice, and perseverance. Every one of us doing their best to strive for excellence. Rodeo makes us resilient. It's our engine. And you've played a big part in that. You've empowered us, supported us, and allowed us to dream. In these incredible times, we are also reminded of the power of our communities. Looking out for one another and caring for those in need. Brighter days are ahead, and we look forward to spending our time with you. In the meantime, we'll spend our time hashtag alone together. And when the time comes, we'll be ready. And once again, we'll celebrate all the things that make us a community. We, we are our radio. Hi, I'm Sherry Servey, and you're listening to NFR Extra. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the top 35 most memorable moments. Few Cowboys have experienced a four-year run of success at the Wrangler NFR, like bareback rider Casey Field. From 2011 through 2014, he not only won four straight world titles, he tacked on four straight NFR average wins to boot. Field took six go-around victory laps at the 2011 NFR, which is still the most ever by a bareback rider at the finals. Here comes Casey Field, number two in the average, number one in the world. <laughs> yeah, and this is a great horse. Man, oh man, I think we're going to see Casey Field answer. And he answers big. Casey's won a grand total of 21 NFR go-arounds to date. That's second best all time. When he struck for a fourth straight time in the NFR average race in 2014, he matched a record set by bareback riding legend and Hall of Famer Bruce Ford. It also tied him with Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame team roper Leo Camarillo for consecutive NFR average wins in an event. He's just warming up. Look out. This is, this is Casey Field in his perfect form. Casey, who's the son of late Hall of Famer Louis Field, 
has qualified for 10 Wrangler NFRs, including 2019. In December, he'll make a bid for a record-tying fifth bareback riding world title. He'll start the Wrangler NFR, number two in the world. Hodges, here we go, man. We are rolling through this thing. You know, we're, we're, we're staying quarantined. I know where you're at. You know where I'm at. But now we got a new individual yeah. on this phone, and he's in, in a different place than where we're at. You know, four-time world champ. Right. This guy is had a had a man. I you know his 2019 was very interesting. We're going to talk about it, but it definitely showed how uh, badass, tough, uh, the heart of this guy. I don't know. I mean, you you know what I mean? Like this is he's an accomplished guy. He came back, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. So, hey fans, he came back, bro. Hell with him. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, fans. I got some cool questions to ask him too about a few weeks ago too. How cool that ride was! Nice. I think everybody's gonna love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we have four-time world champ Casey Field on the show. Welcome to NFR Extra, Casey. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks Robbie for coming. Nevada. Good talking to you guys. Good catching up again. Yeah, I agree, you man. Bet, bud. I totally I agree. Seeing you on the trail. You know, this last month, we've been seeing you on the trail, out. We're going to divvy into you for a little while. This is going to be fun, y'all. Yeah, so, All right. Casey, so what What are you, beside everything else that's going on, what What are you doing right now to kind of keep your mind right, keep ahead of things? What's going on? How are you How are you keeping busy right now? Man, it's uh, it's actually pretty nice um, where we're at here in Utah. we got a pretty good community, and everybody's kind of got their own space. Um so the kids are out back, they're running around like crazy. They're, they're staying occupied. And, um, the homeschool thing with our oldest daughter, that's new for me and my wife, but I, I really <laughs> like it a lot, <laughs> but it's easy. It's pretty nice to sleep until eight o'clock and start school when she wants. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, oh you know, it's, it's great. It's a different time. It, it's not a bad time, just a different time. And, everybody's life we're getting through it uh um with the rodeo part of it i'm staying in the gym uh <clears throat> try to go out and i don't know get a little alone time 10 15 minutes a day where i can think about bareback riding whether it be during my workout i can sit there and close my eyes and dream about getting on bucking horses or sitting in the hot tub uh, i just once a day i make it a goal to sit down and just go through some of my rides that I remember and, and then kind of what I imagine a perfect bareback ride looking like on, on the worst bucking horse or the best bucking horse. And I uh, just kind of trying to keep my mind fresh with it and riding the spur board. And then there's a couple of young kids that uh, come over um, once or twice a week and help them on the spur board. So mm. going back to the basics, teaching those kids, just the basics about riding a spur board and how it makes you better is something that really helps me. I enjoy helping young guys. It's a way that I can give back a little bit to the sport. On top of that, giving back it, <laughs> I find a little advantage of it and it helps me out. But you know, it's everything's still rocking and rolling here. Uh, in my life, it's nothing's really changed. Just, slow down a little bit yeah you know something we've talked to a few folks about and i think this is the kind of the tough part this i think you guys deal this lot with injury obviously you did last year but it's the mental side right too like the consistency of we're keeping your head right and and knowing what you're up against every ride i mean that's how are you i mean you just kind of talked about it a little bit how i mean you went through this last year so how 
I think last year may have helped this year with your mental side of this thing, knowing that you're not riding right now? Yes, for sure. Yeah, last year with my injury was definitely an, an eye-opener. Um, it kind of made me grow up quite a bit. It, it seems like now after uh, going through that injury and then rodeoing for a minimal time last year, it seems like my experiences, I, I feel like I'm more experienced just after that little injury. I feel like little things that are going on in my ride, I notice them better. I pay, instead of just nodding my head and going all out, and just you know, kind of like I, I'd imagine a fight being just swinging for the fences, you know, it's a more controlled breathing through it, seeing through it, um, and taking taking advantage of big opportunities in every ride. You know, people say they're taking taking opportunities of big opportunities in front of them being a short round, or you know, having the one drawn in Fort Fort Worth in the long round. Um, you need to take you need to take up you need to take advantage of the opportunities when a horse gets off the ground. You need to take advantage of that. You know, if a horse stays close to the to the bucking sheets, you really gotta expose yourself in the right way to take advantage of those opportunities. And I just feel like the little opportunities mean more. <laughs> yeah, I guess I can put it that way. No doubt about it. I, that's that's a good way to put that. Hundred percent work. Well, hey, I enjoy it. You know, not that the rodeo's ever been down, or I haven't enjoyed riding bucking horses. But you know, eighteen, nineteen, I had a blast, and I told everybody I was having a blast. But like right now, riding bucking horses and going and getting on—like I got on a bunch of practice horses before the American, and I don't remember the last time I got on practice horses. Mm. Like that was—did you realize it was so much fun? Yeah, where'd you go do that at? Where was that at? I went down to Steiner's, down to Rocker and Sid. Oh, did you? And yeah. So, Casey, I mean, I know you're up in Utah, and I don't, you know, I'm not very familiar with the rodeo land up there. Obviously, in Texas, it seems like every mile someone has a ranch and someone can ride. But how some guys that we talked to last week about where they're riding, you know, like for instance, there's some stock contractors that you know need to keep things warm, and so they're inviting you know one or two cowboys down to kind of come down and get some some runs in. Do you have that opportunity besides what you just spoke about? Or is there any other opportunities like that up there? Um, you know, when I was growing up, there was lots of opportunities, but nowadays, um, there's not, I'll get some horses in the spring, uh, from a contractor, help them out. I'll take five or six and feed them for them. And they'll let me practice on them. Same thing in the fall, but, um, I haven't done that for a few years, but the opportunity to go down to the Steiners and practice and just happen to be just a week before the American, they've got a great set of horses and then. They got a hopper. Those, <laughs> dude, souped up hoppers. You can <laughs> blow a bubble with your bubble gum while you're riding. <laughs> you're not even supposed to use your own. You're, you can't even use your own bareback rigging on them. That ain't even fair. I, I've been watching Rocker's videos, and, and everybody has. And that paint, if you ever need a fat clown that ever needs to get back on one with a torn bicep, I'm your guy to get on that. That is Vanderbilt again. <laughs> Holy. So that paint horse, they, so he buys two horses uh, from a guy and ends up getting seven horses on the trailer and Sid can't say no and they were coming from up north so I take him to my place for oh, I don't know a month well actually we use them horses on the set for Yellowstone but I got up in 
in Utah. So he, he hung here for a little while. And I don't know if we were supposed to buck them or buck them all, but me and Tilden ended up getting some kids and getting them all bucked. And that paint horse, I mean, I was picking off and I couldn't even kick my horse eyes in all. I was jaw on the ground. And no. <laughs> That's awesome. It was awesome. That is the perfect. That is taking batting practice, wasn't it? That's all that was. Pissed it up there. I, I was watching that. I, in fact, I sat on the patio here at the RV watching that the other day, and I'm thinking if I could get if I could, if my elbow would hold on one more time before I die <laughs> on that page. That is as a half a wise guy and a whole Vanderbilt right there wrapped up in it. Just hang there and kick him every time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm can buck him 11 times in a row. So, hey, Casey, yeah. I, so obviously 2020, I mean, kind of just jotted it real quick, but you know, you're about 51 grand sitting here in 2020. I know you're right behind Timmy, which both you guys are King Kong when it comes to, you know, this, that the road goes to you. I mean, I, listen, I know how it ended for, for, for 2019, but at the end of the day, if you look for the past, Jesus, eight, nine years, right? The road goes through either Casey or Timmy. I mean, it is the way I see it. Yeah. Um, that's just a guy, a sports uh, guy. How are you feeling about this year, it's man? Fun. I love it. I love competing against that guy. He's a, uh, uh, you know, he uh, he just does it a little different than me. Like his warming up, his focus, uh, his riding, it's just a little bit different. So it's kind of fun to pay attention to what he's doing, like in the locker room or, <laughs> you know, and, and, and messing with Tim is pretty fun too. He gets, he's intense and he's yeah. focused early compared to most other guys. And, you know, I'll kind of walk by, Hey, you know, Tim, what are you thinking right now? And he's got his game face on. I don't know. What are you thinking, Casey? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Think what you're thinking. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> matter than you do before he gets on. <laughs> I try to look mean, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, you're yeah, but man, you're you're so consistent, Casey. I mean, and so is Timmy, man. Yeah. You guys have a very similar consistent nature to you. Um, you know, look at you know, average where you've won, and you know, same with him. Like that, to me, that tells me you guys aren't, you know. You're real deal type stuff. Obviously, your world championships prove that. But when you win averages, to me, that tells me you got a discipline, you got a game plan, and you're sticking to it, and you're riding through it, and it and it pays off. Um, but you know, I, yeah, back to Tim. I tell you, because <laughs> I know Tim really well, really nice dude. But I can see in his eyes, like, man, I wouldn't want to catch him on a bad day because he just looks like if he flips it, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I you know, and you know I've known him for a while, and I've never seen it yet. I've never seen that little guy go crazy. <laughs> He's so holding it back. And I remember when he was eleven. Yeah, he was eleven years old working with Dave Moorhead. He used to hide in the trailer, and he would act like he was listening to me play the guitar, but he didn't want to work. And Dave said, "Get out of here now! You know exactly what I'm talking about." Anyway, well, you know, oh, you're funny. you're different, and you're different from when. Um, when you're getting on, you're kind of like, you're not quite Will and West and then sitting over smoking a cigarette drinking a beer right before. <laughs> However, <laughs> the moment's right, you know, but um, he's a little more game-facey, but yeah. I don't know. I love the way you what, are right before we get on. I can come over there and hang out with you. I'm scared to talk to Tim. You know? Well, you know what, uh, Robbie, if you look through, what's really cool is if you, we have a photographer that comes out, and uh, his name's Tom Donahue. He actually shoots a lot of pro sports, but then he does the NFR for us. 
And he's the one that we put out the albums there on social and things like that. And phenomenal images, right? And he doesn't shoot like traditional photographer or rodeo photographers. So like where they go send all the photographers, right? In the one area, Tom doesn't go there. He's like, why am I going to shoot with all the same people? We're all going to get the same picture. So he goes and finds really cool angles to get stuff. Well, anyways, if you look at the pictures, when he takes pictures of when Casey's in there or Timmy, I mean, I'm not kidding because of their form and kind of just how you guys, I don't know, however you hold it together when you're up there riding, but we could take those pictures and literally put like a logo and a tag and make it a magazine cover like that. You don't even have to do anything else to it. Um, oh yeah. And it, it, it would be like an album. Without, yeah. Without seriously. The look. It just shows man. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see some of them. Yeah. I'll send you some, you know, Casey's got that kind of yeah, like, I'm cool and comfortable look when he's riding. And then Timmy, yeah, he looks intense, man. It looks the difference too, but, but you know Casey's what? He's going to walk around the house. Casey's <laughs> going to see that mean looking image and walk around the house and his wife's going to say, stop that. Yeah. That's not <laughs> <laughs> Well, what I look forward to is getting out of the other end of all this crazy stuff and seeing you guys, you know, duke it out all the way to the to, to Vegas. You know, that's um, it just elevates the game. I mean, this past 2019, Casey was, oh my God, was amazing. You know, I mean, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, like I said, I learned a lot. Yeah. The, 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 this year, it's just I am more confident than I have been in a long time. Um, just you know, I'm not. That I have, I'm feeling great. I'm confident, loving it, looking forward to it. And then it gets shut down, and we were sitting out to uh, Houston to the Cowboy Camp, mm. and there, we were mm-hmm. sitting there, and I was with Clayton Biglow and a handful of guys, Cody Webster, and he. Uh, they're like, "Hey, what are you gonna do, Casey?" Like they're kind of panicking. I was like, "I'm gonna drive back to Utah." And they're like, you you act excited. I'm like, man, if I can go home for two more months, add two more months to my career, but two months to get strong and get ready to kick your guys' butts when I yeah. get back, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying to give me the look. But it's just, it's more icing on the cake for me right now. I, I'm enjoying being home with my family. Yeah. Um, I'm getting, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, that 10 or 15 seconds of dreaming of the rides, that, that's all. Every ride is just practice for the NFR, in my opinion. Every, you know, Calgary, the big rodeos are a little different, but, mm. you know, Reno, that pressure situation that you feel in the short round, you know, that's a feeling that I'm, I'm trying to simulate when I get to Vegas so it's just natural and it's comfortable. And the goals that I had written down and were ready for 2020, nothing's changed. I had a good talk with my travel partner, Tilden, yesterday about, you know, what, what is, what's it going to be like when this all starts back up? Are they going to start stacking these rodeos on top of each other more and more? Or are we only going to have a few opportunities to go out there and prove ourselves that it's NFR time? Yeah. And so either way, you know, we were kind of talking back and forth how we're preparing for that. Um, being travel partners with that guy and being in the game as long as I had to have the conversation that we did yesterday. I know nobody else is thinking about what we're thinking about and how we're preparing. So, That's awesome. Good know, teamwork, man. More confidence. And, I, you, yeah. It's wow. It's a team doing this. You, as soon as you think you're tough and bad, think you can do it on your own, you get kicked in the head, get knocked out. Yeah, we all need somebody, <laughs> yeah. man. We all need somebody. You know, the other. that's a good point, though, and I didn't even think about that, but they do stack up these rodeos. Here's the thing I would think that for you guys got to be careful of. 
your body got it's got to be even more ready because if you got to double up, triple up just to get to December, you know, that's going to be a toll on your body in a very short uh, short time. So like right, you got to be man, you got to come in just really mentally and physically ready for an even crazier run than probably you did last year. Yeah, and and like last year, you know, coming back from the injury it was the I don't know, the rehab process was just slower for me and then when I came back, I came back it was the 4th of July and ended up like crazy. And I was in good shape, but come August, I was sore. I was stiff. I couldn't hardly move. Mm. And it started showing in my riding and then my neck give out. And I'm not, so like I was saying in my experience last year, not only with the injury and the rehab and everything coming back, but how I came back is just giving me more confidence how I'm going to do it this time. Yeah. Wow. And it's preparing physically and mentally because, and that's what I am prepared for is I, I'm I, realistically, I I'm thinking I'll come back during Reno. All these rodeos are going to start kicking off during Reno. But when we had a break in between Reno for two or three days and St. Paul, or then one day in between St. Paul and then after Calgary, we had two or three days off for, the days of 47, the Mormon run, you know, here yep. in the Wasatch Front in Utah, and then to Cheyenne and those rodeos, they're not, there's not going to be a break in between those big, you know, rodeos that have tradition and the ones that don't have traditions are going to be the fillers. And, mm. You know, a guy's got to go to them. Hey, so I, I got a question for you. So obviously, you know, with this conversation, pretty open for our podcast and we do things, but I want to take it back, you know, because I think this is something that, it's pretty cool that Wrangler put together how, you know, there, there's a lot of details and we actually, um, we had Chadwick last year from Wrangler on about this, um, somewhere over the summer, I think he came on maybe June ish or something like that. But anyways, um, the Wrangler Patriot tour, you know, how, how did you get in? I mean, first of all, you went to middle East, you know, and that's everything you see of the middle East is not good sometimes, right? Like it just always looks like something crazy going on over there. How did you, get involved with, I mean, how did all that come together and, and you go over there? How did that happen? Um, so I had recently signed with, well, I guess a real contract. I've been with Wrangler for most of my life. My dad was with Wrangler and, um, I was down in Arcadia, Florida at the rodeo. Me and Chad were hanging out spring break and, and Chad would call me and I was like, man, he knows where I'm at. What does he need? Right. <laughs> man. He's like, hey, uh, you know, have an opportunity for you. We're we're thinking about putting this National Patriot program together, and he explained it to me. And we're going to go over to the Middle East, Afghanistan, go see the troops. You want to go? And I was like, well, hell yeah. You know, well, well no. You know, to Afghanistan, I got to let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Let me uh, think about that, and I'll get back to you. He said, well, all right. And I called my dad. And, like, I had a few drinks, and I had never really talked to my dad if I had a few drinks ever. And I called him, and I was like, Dad, I uh, have the opportunity to go over to the Middle East. And he goes, well, do it. Why even ask me? And I was like, I don't know. There's a war going on. Yeah. I don't think they're going to take me anywhere real dangerous, but, you know, it's not, I don't know if it's not safe. And I've got big goals. I want to be a world champion. There's some big rodeos going on. He's like, no, anytime you have an opportunity to give back to our military, you take 
every event you possibly can. He's going to say thanks. I was like, all right, well, awesome. <laughs> answered that. Thanks, Dad. And uh, I went over there for seven years in a row. Um, I credit a lot of my success in business life and my career to going over there and, and seeing uh, war at first hand. Seeing, you know, 18, 19-year-old Marines losing their best buddy, getting shot right next to him, and carrying the casket off those big planes. The memorials we see, you know, that's a, it's a scary, scary, evil thing. And seeing it firsthand and being in that place and feeling that eerie feeling, um, you know, it, it made me grow up a lot as a human and appreciate our military so much more. And at the NFR, well, rodeos, all across the country, but the rodeo is the most patriotic uh, sport in the world. And you go to every rodeo, they start with national, and then you get to the NFR, and it's military appreciation night. And if you don't have goosebumps staying on the back of the bucks and shoots watching that, something's wrong with you. Yeah. The way that well, you've been in it, so <laughs> you've seen, you know, firsthand. It's awesome. It's a cool thing, and. Uh, you know, to give give thanks and uh, be a part of that was pretty amazing. Were you with really was, was Charlie was Charlie Daniels with you? Were you with him when nope. he went? Nope, nope. The first year I went, uh, well, Annie Elliott, she had been uh, every year I had been going, um, and then that's and and then John Bates and Robbie Powers and Jeff Chadwick went every year but um throughout the seven years it seemed like it changed the other people changed we had a country singer named lucas hogue for yeah. five years yep. it was a lot of fun to get to know him and have him over there um uh, it was cool it was our our tours were pretty um i don't know if how to describe heartfelt i guess we would go to the really small bases with 300 people or less and we would stay up until two or three at night and have to catch a helicopter at five in the morning. It just staying up and talking about hunting or skiing or rodeo or, you know, whatever those guys are missing at home. It seems like a rodeo cowboy has either, either been in the state they live in or, you know, do the same things that they enjoy doing. And it was a, a lot of fun to connect with those guys and take a little home. That's cool. Them. Yeah, oh, that's do you awesome. Think you'll, uh, do you think you'll ever go back? I mean, do you, are you looking to go back maybe another time? Because here's why I'm asking this. I'm, I'm also an endorsee now with them, and I'd love to go. And I told Chadwick, but I'd sure love to go when you're over there or something. You know, somebody like that that were buddies and, and go over there and visit those guys. You'd be surprised from what I hear the people over there that know Casey Fields. Obviously, you know, it's amazing the rodeo and the Marines are all – most of them out of Texas and rode high school rodeo, didn't they? Yeah, a lot of them. It's crazy. Like, you know, when they asked me to go over there, I, I didn't think. Well, they're not going to matter now, but you know, I didn't think anybody would know who Casey Field is. And you go over there, and most of them have an uncle or some relation to rodeo nice. or horses or something. And it's crazy that the military is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Western people, and it's funny. It's they, they all, especially the Marines, have the same mentality as rough stock riders. You know, it's 
happy-go-lucky and whatever in front of them. They're going to make the best of it, you know. And exactly. that's, how, that's how they all were. And so, you know, in the chow hall or wherever we got to hang out, it was it was a lot of fun to go and connect with those guys. And uh, Special Forces, them guys are like a little, like, you know, intense bareback riders like Timmy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could totally see that. Every day over there is game day, isn't it? So, yeah. what's funny yeah. is you, um, exactly, it's funny you brought your dad up. Um, everybody loved Lou. I mean, mm-hmm. I ain't going to say anything else, but it was so awesome. One of my favorite stories with him was um, when we came over to your house that time, me and Tuck and everybody, you know, we were hanging out, and we went over there and saw Lou, and he carried us down there in the basement. I think, isn't it downstairs where he had all his NFR stuff hanging on the wall? All those daggum NFR, you know, and then he opens this case, Nevada, his gun case, mm. which is actually now a gold buckle case. <laughs> and I've never seen so much freaking gold in my life. And, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're stacked in there ugly, too. I mean, it's just pitched in there. And, I mean, you look at all of them from Calgary, everywhere, you know, all around stuff. Oh, it was amazing. Tell us about your old dad, you know, yeah. what he meant to you with the rodeo. You know, I uh, I had an upper hand on everybody growing up. Yeah, I was very fortunate to have him as a father. Um, I did an interview, oh, it's been a month, uh, right after the American, and uh, I was saying, you know, how we could break it down the only other people that I've ever talked to about bareback riding, how we could break it down is like Ty Murray, Bobby Moe and Tilden. Mm-hmm. Other than that, no one can, uh, break it down and feel what we feel just by conversation and right. growing up and through my whole life, Sunday night, I'd call my dad and, you know, yeah, I, I won first. I was 87, but you know, at six seconds, it was weird. I, my right foot would kind of, feel like it was dropping a little bit when I was trying to lift really hard. You know, just little things I could tell him. He would just, you know, well, maybe you ought to hold your free arm this way or mm. we'll tuck your chin a little more. That will fix that. You know, and I, I'm i not kidding you through my career and especially having him there on the front row at the NFR, he seen everything on every one of my rides and I could come back and no matter what, if I was first or last, my dad's, tone the way that we talked about bareback riding never ever changed it was always simple make it even more simple than it is it's just riding bucking horses it's eight seconds don't make it more than that but this just change this little thing right here and you'll do better yeah. or you know when you that when you feel the horse hit the ground send your feet bring them bring them sooner and so having that in my corner was a huge opportunity and um, uh, I, I took advantage of it. I didn't know how great it was, but it was, it was an awesome time. It was, a uh, having my dad as my coach and, and in my corner, best friends, it, it was an awesome, special relationship. And, um, uh, the, the yeah. things that he taught me about bareback riding, you know, were awesome. But the things that he taught me about life and what matters the most is, Kind of what I remember the most about my dad, just, you know, 
no need to argue. If you're going to argue, you're, you're dealing with a dumbass. You know, move on. <laughs> Love it. Be happy, and it's your choice to be grumpy or be happy when you wake up. So, Casey, did he? Did he really? Did he really not let you ride until you were seventeen? Is that true? Uh huh. Oh wow. I had, so when I was, I think I was twelve. I got a horse from the Forbes up in Casey, Wyoming. His name was Barry Rum, and my dad was also the coach at UVU. Uh, for the rodeo team over there, and they would practice every Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I would take that little horse over there, and I wouldn't even take my rigging off. I'd buck him, run him right back in, and ride him twice on Tuesday and twice on Thursday. And I don't think his front feet got off the ground, and his back feet maybe got six inches, <laughs> and he followed my dad, the pickup man, everywhere he went. And if I started to fall off or anything, he'd stop. Like, the very best horse you could imagine starting on. And I got on that horse until I was 15. Um, I only weighed about 65 pounds my freshman year. Oh, man. I was a little, little guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and I wasn't very strong. And so my dad just waited until my body was developed, until I was strong. And then we had a few other practice horses for me when I was 15, 16, that were a little bigger, a little stronger. Um, we had a paint horse too, Humpty Dumpty, and uh, the and news was coming to visit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the local news was coming to do a story on my dad's rodeo team, and I was telling him, I was like, Dad, let me get on that paint horse. I'm ready. And he's like, You're not ready. And if you're wanting to do it in front of a camera, that's, yeah, go ahead, do it. This is going to be great. This is what you need. <laughs> <laughs> Sure enough, I got dusted laid out there. <laughs> and I was laying on my back, wanting to throw a fit, and he rode over and he kind of just shit eating grin and looked at me and just tried telling you and Love rode it. off. <laughs> I can, boy, I can see that muscle. Those are the best. <laughs> hey, hey, dad's got to do that, though. Dad. I mean, dad's, exactly. right? Yeah, dad has to do that. Well, I got to ask you this about your dad. Um, he was lucky enough, you know, he went in the bareback ride and God knows how many times and, and all around and stuff. How proud was he to be selected to pick that up? You know, and, and you know that? Because that's one of his biggest accomplishments. Besides marrying my mom, he would, that. that's what he would say. He would tell you, he'd say, you know, everything I've done in life, my biggest accomplishment is my wife and my kids. And then... Uh, something that I is, is special to me is that I got selected to pick the NFR up by the top 20 Cowboys, you know, yeah. a few decades after I'd done with my career and just to still have the respect from the guys and still to be able to go and pick up at the top level. It was, it was something special to him. He was proud wow. of that. You know, he would. I'm so glad. Yeah, my whole life, he never ever said, you know, this one time in Amarillo, I was 97 on this horse, or when I won the world, I did it this way. He never ever talked like that, but I do remember him kind of talking with his tighter buddies, Billy Ward or Bobby Moe, or Bobby Marriott, or, you know, yeah. Clint Johnson. He would kind of say, you know, well, I, I got selected by the best guys to pick up the NFR guys. I haven't done that. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Well, you know, that's funny. That's not what you've accomplished, but that's what your friends think of you and the people that, you know, and that responsibility. Yeah, and that's I important. Well, I appreciate it. I'm just so proud of him with that. I got to say, that day, Nevada, and you'll appreciate this because um, I can't leave this out. 
We go to Casey's one day. It was the same day when I was talking about the the uh, buckle cases. You know where I'm going with this, Casey, in your old house. So we unload my trailer, and the first thing that rolls out is the clown barrel. <laughs> I, do. I remember. I remember. So Tuck looks at us. We were talking about this at the uh, at the NFR this year, mm-hmm. and Tuck says, "I'm going to get in this clown barrel." And Tuck didn't drink a lot. We might or might have not have had a couple beers. But he wouldn't drink a lot. But so we talked Tuck, or he wouldn't have to talk too much about getting in the clown barrel and rolling down that damn hill all the way to your arena. You remember that? Oh, oh yeah. Steve, yeah, I bet it was 50 yards and steep. He got to roll. <laughs> and he was hopping up off the ground. <laughs> I thought it was going to kill him. <laughs> it, it, like again, that whole day, that was before we went to your dad's. We didn't tell him everything we did before we went over there that day. We kind of had a jackass day, remember? Should have been filming. I remember, children, I was, if we bucked horses out there out to that house, I was yeah. kind of a little bit anal about having people sign the waiver. And Tucker <laughs> Chandler, I don't know who it was, they went. They hit the bottom of that hill and went down across that fly, that barrel, and still looked at me and goes, did you have them sign the waiver? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> late. That's awesome. And then the cow gets out. Remember, we come up the driveway for playing golf, and Chandler gets out of the truck. He had had a couple beers and rides the cow all the way back up the driveway. Mm. Those are fun times. Yeah, they are. Oh my gosh, that's probably you know if I ever get a chance in my book, that's gonna be in it. That entire day was incredible. (laughs) It's good stuff. I ain't had very many days with you that shouldn't be in my book, though. You're the happiest guy. Yeah, you are. Fun guy. When I see you out on the road, I love walking out on that patio. Hey, Kay. You know, and (laughs) you never. I love seeing you too, Robbie. You got gratitude. It radiates, man. Yeah, both of you guys got a very uh, contagious, you know, happiness to you guys, man. No matter what's going on, that's for sure. Why the hell not? We're we're the yeah. luckiest guys in the world, especially Casey. I mean, hell, I'm friends with a four time world champion. Yep. <laughs> Why would not be? Well, and and you you, you guys are blessed too, right? Like you get to enjoy this life, and your your family guys, and so I mean, it's you know, those are things that a lot of people can't just wake up and do. You gotta you gotta earn that, and you guys definitely have done that, no doubt. Man, I'm I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I love to be able to do what I've done in the sport and outside of the sport. What the sport has brought in my life, and the the life that I've been able to provide my family with is I. It honestly couldn't get any better, and I thank God every day. Man, you you should, and I'm gonna tell you what. He's blessed you, and he blessed you with a great family. How's your mom doing? Everybody's good. Everybody's safe, you know, and yeah, happy. And I mom, she there. actually, she uh, just got back from Maui, and uh, she left. Oh, I don't know, a week, ten days ago. And everybody's, you know, I can't believe you're going over there at a time like this. And she's like, I'm going at the perfect time. I'm gonna get there. They're gonna shut the airport, so be stuck over there for the next oh, two man. months. Yeah, stuck in Maui. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Yeah, like, <laughs> poor, damn, Mama V. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking being stuck in, you know, Fort Stockton, Tech, or Maui. You know? <laughs> yeah, way different. And it's it's you got snow, right? You got a lot of snow yeah. up there right now, Casey, or no? Yeah, you know, we did have a pretty dang good winter, uh, January, early February, and then February, March, it started to warm up. But the past few days, 
we've been getting some snow up in the mountains and woke up this morning and the ground's covered in white. Wow. Looks like the old snow machine be, might be coming out of retirement and back out for a oh, Nice. <laughs> Cleansing everything, yeah. That's too good, hey, man. Do you, um, do you still have um, do you still have your little uh, the little pimp bikes we bought? Do you remember that injury? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching Hawks, my little boy. He's riding his dirt bike around right now. Is snow? <laughs> yeah, that's never ending around here. Well, we got in Nevada. Nevada. And Nevada, I, you know, like I live. Yeah, we, we yeah. Uh, so his son wore the skis off the face. <laughs> oh, I bet. Really Nevada, <laughs> have you seen those little pit bikes? Have you ever seen them? The little bitty ones are like a two-stroke pit bike. Yep. We call them in there. I know pennies. exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Oh, well, man. we decided all, we all stay in, you know, we laid over there, like you say, in the Mormon run. And Troy Lurwell's a great dirt bike rider, obviously. You know, he does that great act. Well, he talks, he builds a track behind his house, and he talks everybody into buying these, what was it, 900 bucks or something, weren't the case? And yeah. everybody yeah. said, well, building you. And I was going to get Elliot Jacoby, Chandler. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Salesman. Steve Walton, that guy was so glad to see us. Oh, my gosh. We'd have a mini motocross out there, and it's a wonder anybody was able to even go to the NFR that year. <laughs> That's awesome. I ran to get Walton over one day and <laughs> run over his head and rip my plastic off. He hopped up. I thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> well, oh, redheaded dude, he was mad. <laughs> oh, well, you kind of missed that guy, too, right? Uh, yeah, this is great talking to you, Casey. It's fantastic talking to you, man. Man, good talking oh. to you guys, too. Yeah. Excited to listen to this and get you back on. You guys. Yeah. Well, hey. You better believe it. Thanks for coming on. I, man, Robbie, I enjoyed this, and I know the fans have enjoyed listening to this, so. Thanks for Casey, man, and uh, stay uh, safe. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks again, and stay safe today. Adios. All right, man. All right, buddy. All right, Casey. Peace Catch Thank you later. You. Hi, I am Benny Butler, and you're listening to NFR Extra. One under 20 of the best cowboys and barrel racers rode into Las Vegas last December and left $10 million richer. The chase for 2020 has already begun, and all champions are hungry for gold. Be sure to follow your favorite cowboys, barrel racers, and local rodeos all season long. It all leads to one place, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Learn more at NFRExperience.com. This is the NFR. This is Vegas. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the top 35 most memorable moments. Old Barry was born in the South Dakota Badlands, and he brought that brand of Wild West gunslinging toughness with him to the Thomas and Mack Center 14 times in his career. In fact, Barry was a member of the inaugural rodeo class that arrived in Las Vegas wide-eyed as the NFR started a new chapter in its new home. It didn't take long for Barry to feel the Las Vegas hospitality. 1985 was his very first NFR, and Barry left that December with an NFR average title and his first world championship. Four and six, he takes the lead of the round. He maintains his lead in the average. In a Hall of Fame career, O'Barry would win every major rodeo and notch 20 NFR go-round wins. 
Seven of those 20 go-around wins came in round number 10. And twice, those round 10 wins turned into gold. Perhaps his most dramatic finish happened in 1990, when Barry's round 10 win pushed the 1980 National High School champion past the Cajun Mike Smith by just $148 to win the world title. He needed some round 10 magic in 1995, and he got it. He's number two in the world. Oak Barry's won 23,000. Oak Barry needs the Bulldog today. Like Oak Barry. Oh. Yes, yes, oh. yes, 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 yes. How many times? 3.8. It's a clean run. Oak Barry is one of only three Cowboys to win four steer wrestling world titles. And few Cowboys can match his flair for the dramatics in the friendly confines of the Thomas and Mack Center. How many times have we seen the man come in when the pressure's been put on, take it to the 10th and do it? Triple B, Brylon Bentley. Thanks for coming on and helping us out with this one. This is going to be, this is right up your alley. We're talking about Junior World Finals this uh, this episode and a few others that's going to cover this. But first and foremost, uh, the guests we have coming on, you know very well. Mr. Oatberry. Yes, Oatberry. We're talking about steer wrestling, specifically junior uh, junior steer wrestling, right, in the rodeo circuit, specifically to the Junior World Finals and everything that's happened. Uh, Oatberry being a world champion and, and really champion this whole steer wrestling. This junior youth is blowing up underneath him and for us and for PRCA and beautiful things. But, uh, well, before we talk too much, let's just talk to Oat. Welcome to the NFR Extra podcast, Oat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on. I mean, I know you, you joined us back during the 2019 Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, which was great. And now here we get to talk about, well, what you got to do then and kind of some other things that have happened the past couple of months, a couple of months. Um, how was your 2019, uh, how was your event at the 2019 junior world finals? How did everything go for you? It went great. We had a, we had a record payoff. We had a great number of contestants, a lot of talent from all over the country border to border coast to coast we had uh 60 contestants at our finals last year and and we had a lot of talent there and we had a record payoff and we had a lot of help from uh you know our sponsors from from colleges and we gave back you know it, it's it's a sport that uh, you know that was great to me for a long time, and I love steer wrestling, and and I love helping kids. So, you know, something that we can give back and, and keep the sport alive and growing. Yeah, I, you know, obviously, you know what it takes. I mean, clearly, we had an episode with you where we talked about what it was like growing up steer wrestling, and your story was I got not to revisit it over and over again, but man, the story you're telling me about you know when hitchhiking and all the things you did. <laughs> Um, just to get your, your career going. I mean, I can see why, you know, you're, you're doing what you're doing and giving back. Uh, I mean, it just makes sense. You don't want to see those kids doing the same that you did. You want them to, to get where they need to get quicker and not have to go through those trials, tribulations and, and stuff like that. But let's talk about champions. Who, uh, who were your champions? What, uh, break it down for us. I know there's some different age groups there. So who, who ended up, um, coming home with some gold? Right. I have, I have two age divisions, basically I, a 16 and under it's all 18 and under as of January 1st, 
but I also have an incentive for the kids that are 16 and under just to give, you know, some of the 14, 15, 16 year olds, you know, a little extra incentive to come and compete against the 17 and 18 year olds. It, you know, it, uh, it is a little tougher. And, uh, I had, a, I had a boy from Louisiana, Grant Swallow, mm. who both of his older brothers have came through my, uh, tour championships and and grant win everything this year he win the 16 and under incentive but he also won the 18 and under i mean wow i I pay them both i pay them both ways if if they're good enough to win well they not only get the 18 and under money but they get the incentive bonus and and he left las vegas this year with over eighteen thousand in cash and wow and we gave away over fifty thousand sixty thousand dollars worth of scholarships so you know, it's, it's a way to give back to the kids, and but also, you know, to, to help them maybe get an education and, and, uh, and go out there and further their education. And we're, we're sure proud of our scholarships that we offer and working with, you know, the various colleges and rodeo coaches across the country. And, and, and they, they help support my deal and I help, you know, try to get them some good steer wrestlers for their, for their rodeo programs. Awesome. So, man, I mean, that's fantastic. So, you know, along that way, I mean, you, you talked about $18,000. The funny thing is a lot of these kids that age don't even make that in a year. <laughs> They're not even 18 years old. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, even if you're bussing tables, whatever it is you may be doing just to hustle to get some dollars in your pocket as a teenager, you sure right. as heck ain't going to things and making that in a week. <laughs> you know, and we're, we're proud of the fact, you know, the first year that we had steer wrestling at the World Finals, the first year that we'd done this in 2017, uh, Bridger Anderson was our was our champion. He went a little over 13000 on our first year out there. Wow. And, uh, you know, Bridger's went on to bigger and better things. He was the college national champion last year, and and he's – going to the professional ranks you know we feel like our event is kind of a stepping stone to to bigger and better you know whether it's colleges professionals or so i i got a question so when you're this is kind of just kind of attaching youth to youth and i've seen this in kind of in, in in my world with youth sports with my kids but when there's a talent within the 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 pool of kids um do you do you is there a way that you find a connection? I know you're going to say you're going to find a connection with all the kids that, that travel for this, but is there some kids that stick out and you're like, you know, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to hover around them to kind of help them because what's good for the rodeo is just good youth coming in and, and keep supplying kind of what you did out. And do you, do you, do you ever do that? Like, Oh yeah, I, we're going to see that kid at the Thomas Mack center in a few years. I mean, is, is, yes. do you yeah. see that? Yeah. I think, I think you relate to a lot of these kids and, you know, I guess a cool story on, Grant Swallow, who was our champion last year, is uh, I, I helped that you know I helped with a school here a few years back, and gosh, I'm trying to think what year. I'm not even sure, but it was the first steers that he ever jumped, and I was helping at the school, just helping out and hazing, and and I got to haze for that kid for Grant for for the first few steers that he caught. He was. He was kind of having some trouble, and, and it's always tough when you first start, you know, to tr- make the transfer from the horse to the steer. And and uh, he had a wreck or two and I think was getting discouraged. And so I went over and told him, I said, uh, let me haze for you a couple of times. And and uh, so I helped him, you know, catch his first steers, which is really cool to me, you know, to see 
you know, I've helped his older brothers, you know, and, and talked to them. And, you know, I try to help all the kids, of course. And, and, you know, some reach out to me, some, uh, some of them, uh, past, past competitors at our finals, uh, you know, still may call me or send me videos to look at, or, you know, break something down, try to help them. And, and, uh, you know, you, you kind of develop a bond with all them kids, you know, I, I like them all and, and try to help them all. And it's really neat to see, you know, like I said, that the kids that, uh, that start when they're 14 or 15 and then, you know, like grants, you know, been, been coming to my events for the last three years and then have the success he's had and, and still has another year or two in it, you know, and, and, and it's just, like I said, it's a, it's a stepping stone to the NFR, you know, you're, you're, you're going from, you know, when, when you're running at that kind of money and that kind of, uh, you know, a venue and, and in Las Vegas and during the finals and, and I try to have, uh, you know, there's a lot of Tyler Waggett's back, Tyler Pearson, Ty Erickson, several of the NFR steer wrestlers, you know, come and watch during the daytime. And then I think it's pretty cool for those kids to have, you know, those guys in the arena watching them, cheering them on, helping them, you know, if they need help or talking to them. And, and uh, you know, it, it's it's really unique to rodeo, you know, versus other sports in in that area. Sports needs to do more of what we're doing right here with rodeo. And, you know, you, you just said Tyler Wiggins, but I mean, well, Ty Erickson, you, these guys all hang out together, but they're champions. And it, sure, this may happen in other venues. Man, I would love to see this happen in, in the other ball sports, right? The footballs, the basketballs, soccer, just where where you're hanging out with, you know, oh, Michael Jordan's helped me shoot a little bit. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, a different bit. environment, but. I mean, it's just, it's huge. I think that's huge when you get to be around the champions because that's what you're shooting for and to have access to them. Those 10 days at Cowie Christmas is fantastic. I do want to backtrack just a hair. Jumping okay. your first steer. How did that feel out? What what on earth makes you want to do that? You know, I was the the young of six kids, I guess. And, and I, I had two older brothers that both steer wrestled plus three older sisters. And we all rodeoed. We grew up in a rodeo family and right. ranch Dre's family. And, and my dad was a, was a former steer wrestler and saddle bronc rider. So he, uh, he kind of taught all of us, us boys. And, and I got to, you know, learn from watching my older brothers as well. And, and my dad used to teach a lot of different ones, steer wrestling and, and, you know, being around it, uh, quite a bit seeing him coach other kids, you know, I, I think I had a feel for it, you know, before I ever done that, but, but I always knew that, uh, the first year I run, I was going to try to jump and catch no matter Cause if you, you know, if you, you can do it once and get it, you know, it may not be perfect, but, yeah. but, uh, do it the first time. And, and yeah, I think I was eighth grade when I run my first year and, and, and riding my dad's team of horses, him hazing for me and, and over at a neighbor's arena. And, and I caught the first year. I think, I think I even threw him down. I think it might've drug around. It took a while, but, uh, but yeah, I just learned from him and, and, you know, it's, it's come so far the teaching methods these days and, and, Absolutely. you know, whether, whether it's, you know, the riding events or roping or, and the teaching methods have changed so much in the last 30, 40 years. And, and there's so many more schools and, and YouTube videos and things like that you can watch. And it, and it just makes it easier. The more knowledge you have and the more information you can get and the more people helping you, the, the easier it is anymore. Yeah. Well, 
especially the materials that there are nowadays too. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's endless. It's limitless, I guess. Well, bringing that up, is there different, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I noticed it, but are there different styles in steer wrestling and the way you approach things or is it all very similar? Is it all very general? Well, in general, you do a lot of the same things, but yes, there are some different styles and styles have changed over the years just because of the size of the cattle, you know, and, and even from my day to the, to the generation before me, you know, the cattle were smaller, you know, and, uh, I can remember when I was a kid, they run, you know, the 700 and 800 pound steers, which by the time I went, you know, we run oh. quite a bit smaller, probably six to 500. And, and now I think the steers are even getting even smaller, you know, they're running 400 pound steers anymore. And, and, you know, so the styles do change a little bit, just, and, and, and horses have changed a lot over the years. And I had a good friend of mine one time say, you know, it used to be cowboys riding cow horses, cow ponies, and now it's athletes riding race horses. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I thought that was kind of a good quote, you know, yeah. and you know, that, a great that, one. there are a lot of athletes out there now that may necessarily not be cowboys per se, or grew up on ranches that, that, uh, that took up the sport and you know they're athletic and and strong and, and you know you may not have to be quite as much a cowboy anymore as maybe it used to be but but it's still it's a cowboy sport and and, and you know it still takes a lot of determination hard work and try and, and lots of practice uh yeah so i'm just trying yeah on top of all that i'm still trying to wrap my mind you start you started at 800 went down to 400 but either way someone's flipping that I'm just trying to think. Yeah, too much. <laughs> I've squatted 400 maybe on a good day. I couldn't even imagine like jumping on a horse, trying to flip that down, and going as fast as you. It's, yeah, you, that's an amazing athletic feat there to do that. And yeah, it doesn't get enough love. You're right. In like three seconds, mind you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In three seconds, uh, athlete is correct. I think a cowboy athlete, athlete cowboy, whatever it is, it just it makes it that much better because you're a cowboy. Yes, sir. Mm. So let you know what I like about what this event does and it's, it's, it's the scholarship side. Yes. That's the part that's super fascinating to me is that you have built in a scholarship. Can you explain a little bit more or let's go back to when you first started thinking about putting in the scholarship. This is like a, like a, maybe kind of like a, a three minute uh, elevator pitch about this whole scholarship deal that you do for the athletes. Um, that's, I mean, it's for a parent and if my kid's doing something that's huge to the competition. I mean, that adds that much more to the fire. As a young competitor, it absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. And I mean, and when I was sitting around, you know, kicking around ideas of how to make it better and, and, you know, working on trying to get the sponsor dollars to make it, to, you know, pay the good money and, and make it worthwhile for the kids. And then, you know, I just, I had an idea and I'm thinking, you know, I, I went to college on a rodeo scholarship. I was lucky enough to uh, get my education paid for. And, and so I thought, you know, what could be better of exposing these kids and, 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 you know, here you have a junior world finals and you're taking the best kids from all over the country. And so I, I talked to a few rodeo coaches and told them, you know, this was my idea. And, and I would like, you know, as many of you, many of you that can to come watch our event. And, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like a college recruiting day, you know, you, you've got five days of, all the time to event contestants in Las Vegas, you know, the top from all over the country and, you know, uh, help support my program and I will help support yours. You know, I will 
you know, give you access to these kids. And, and, and I talked to just a handful of coaches now, they all thought, man, that's a great idea. So then I, I tried to reach out to every college rodeo program in the United States and, and, uh, you know, send an email to the coaches and, and, um, you know, tell them what we kind of was wanting to do. And, and, you know, if, if they'll help kind of support my program a little bit, and then we will offer scholarships in to their schools and, and, you know, that they, they can offer as much or as many scholarships they want. If they want to give one, you know, big one or, or, you know, two or three. And, and I told them I'll work with them any way you want. And, and I have a few that, that, that give a, a full ride tuition books, meal tickets. Oh. I have some of them, you know, that, depending on where the kid places in the top five or the top 10, you know, different levels. And, and so we have all of those out there and they're available for the kids to, to take advantage of. And, you know, and, and the kids may not be quite as excited about it as some of the parents. So, you know, I, I think it's a great deal. You know, not only can a kid, you know, 18 and under come win good money, by doing what he loves but if you can if you can get him an education and you know just that, that'll help improve our sport as much as anything you know is is uh you know the education these kids can receive along with along with uh you know like i said stepping up their game and being a stepping stone to the colleges college rodeos and amateur rodeos and then eventually the prca and wcra whatever association they choose Absolutely. It's really opening up a lot of different avenues for these younger individuals saying, hey, if you're not ready, even if most of them are ready to go pro, it gives them that next group of college rodeo to start there as well. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's just, uh, you know, they get to Vegas and, and get to be around, you know, the NFR atmosphere. A lot of them, I'm sure, probably try to get tickets or go to watch the rodeo, you know, if, if not every night at least one night and and to kind of be there and to be in that atmosphere and we try to have a you know we try to put on a a professional type event and and you know to showcase each person and and so yes the more of that that they can do the the less pressure you know when they do get to thomas and mac across town when they're older you know that's hey we've been here done that it's it's not uh it's not like a deer in the headlight they're, they're going to be prepared and ready well, and this is me just having fun with this, but, you know, giving money to kids, I, I'm not a big fan of. So giving them something of true value, right? Like money's value, but to, to give a scholarship, education is a huge value. And you're right. Yeah, they probably don't see the importance of this right now. Now, when they get in their 30s, they look back, man, I love Oak, man. Thank goodness he had that, you know. Uh, they'll appreciate that down the road. But um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it just, that creates a productive trail, right? And And other people see that what a better way is to, to pass the value off into more education rather than just, ca- I mean, yeah, yeah, they get cash in the pocket, but um, that education piece is, is huge. Now, the other part though, is that, you know, you're, you, you serve as a great mentor. I mean, we found that out. I mean, through every interview that, that we have, um, but now utilizing this, this is kind of the relationship. This is more of a, what I've seen in relationships with steer wrestling, for instance, Ty Erickson, uh, Wegas back, uh, Kyle Irwin, um, and, uh, and Pearson, right. Do you see that at that, this level right now? When does, when did this, these relationships start at the teenage years? When do they start sharing horses? When did, when does that kind of start to kind of happen for, for, uh, steer wrestling? You know, 
it's hard to say when it started. But, uh, steer wrestlers as a whole have been a really pretty tight knit group and, and stuck together. And, you know, and, and that, that's just kind of the, you know, when I was, a, when I was a kid kind of starting out the Duval family, you know, took me in, let me travel with them. Uh, you know, I came to Chicago, Oklahoma from, from Nebraska and, and same thing. I was, I was about the age of, of, uh, you know, some of these older kids that, that have done my event and they're just trying to start out. And I know, I know, uh, like Luke Branquino's helped a couple of the younger guys out and let them come out and stay. And there's been, there's been some, you know, the younger guys, well, Tyler Wagonspack, Rowdy Parrott and them came and stayed with me for a couple of years and I hauled them around and, and it's just, you know, it's stuff that, uh, you know, people have helped me do, and, and it's like you just pass it on. It's the camaraderie. If you can help somebody else out and, and uh, you know, let them ride your horse, do them a favor, haze for them, help them, and, and then hopefully they remember that, and that's the same thing. They, they pass it down. when As they get older, they're going to, you know, they're going to help other kids. Other people's going to ride their horses. They're going to ride it. You know, you never know when, uh, you know, something happens and, Horses get hurt, get crippled, go down, and, and, you know, they don't last forever. Scooter's been amazing, you know, the past few years. And, and uh, you know, but, but his time is limited. I mean, just like the Cowboys are, you know. And so someday, you know, hopefully they'll, uh, you know, pass the torch to the next person. The next guy's going to help them. Or if you help somebody out and let them ride your horse, you know, then, and, and, you know, turn around, turnabout's fair play. And then and the steer wrestlers have always been, you know, pretty good about that, about, you know, uh, sharing rides, sharing horses, you know, giving in, giving information and tips. And, and I guess that's what to me makes rodeo. So, so great. And what, what a great sport is, uh, you know, I, I'm going to tell my competitor everything I know about a steer and, and how he runs and how to get by him and help him and let him ride my horse and haze for him. And, but yet I'm going to back in there and, and, you know, try to beat him and, and, uh, you know, you're not keeping nothing, you're not hiding nothing and, and you know, you help each other out. And, and, and I think that's been since the beginning of time with rodeo, with rodeo cowboys helping each other. Well, that, well, that's why every time I, if you look at pictures or videos of the competition, right. For rodeo, steer wrestlers are always smiling. They always look at y'all look like yeah. you're having a really good time. Uh, ropers look super serious. They're not, you know, like Very serious. they got their poker hand and they're not showing it. Um, but yeah, I see that a lot. Hey, let's talk about, we, we're in 2020, a brand new decade, just ended a great one. Um, how does this next year look for you? What, um, what are some, is there some new things you got on the horizon for your schedule for the juniors? And you know, how many contestants are you looking at bringing uh, come? And if you don't have the answer, it's fine. But if you do great for December. Yeah, I've changed my I've changed my format up a little bit as far as my schedule. We always try to schedule, you know, from fifteen to twenty events, and a lot of them are the same every year. We might add a new one or two a year, drop an old one or so that you know wasn't maybe as quite as successful as we needed. And so I, I did a different format last couple of years. We've, uh, we took 50, 60 kids to Vegas and we've let everybody run two steers and then the top 20 or so come back and run a third steer over five days. And, 
And this year I've cut my numbers back a little bit. We're going to take 45 to Vegas and let them run one every day. So mm. uh, everybody will get to run four steers. The top 20 will get to run a fifth one. So, you know, it'll, it'll uh, you, you don't have to sit around for a day or two or three if you're not competing. And I know how expensive it is to travel and everything. And, and it's going to be a little more contestant, cowboy friendly, if you will for the ones that do make it and uh they'll be running at, at money every day instead of just twice so we thought that would be an advantage to the contestants and like i said we we try to be cowboy friendly we try to do what we would want i guess as competitors and that's kind of how i still think and and how i do things so and as far as you know we're we're, we're trying to get we've made it bigger and better every year uh, I, I mentioned before the first year our champion went around 13,000. The second year I had three, four different contestants went over 10,000. Hmm. And then last year with, with Grant Swallow went in over 18 and, and several of them right at the $10,000 mark. So we're working on, uh, you know, making the payoff bigger every year. It, it, it's tough sometimes to, to outdo yourself when it, when, you know, like that, when, uh, when I, when a boy steps up to the plate and, <laughs> and really, you know, basically hit a home run, he placed his and, and won about everything that he could win there last year. And, and, uh, you know, but, but hopefully that'll get people talking and, and get the interest up and, and where more competitors want to come. And, and this tour we have over the, all over the, the country and, and the information on our tour can be found on my Facebook page. We, we try to keep it updated and keep things out there. We, we try to have qualifiers all over the, you know, as I, I don't try to, I don't try to cater to any certain area. We try to get as many kids involved from, from every part of the country. And, and, and we still are open to suggestion, you know, for, somebody wanting maybe to have a qualifier in, in, in a different part of their different part of the country that we're not, are not already in. And so, uh, so yeah, we changed our format a little bit. We have a few tour dates we've added a couple we've taken off, but, uh, but everything can be found on Oatberry Facebook page. Yeah. And Hey, I'm just going to help that out. That's uh, if you're really looking, it's Oatberry 17, uh, get all that information. I'm looking at it here by myself. Yeah, you're pretty up to date, uh, like just recently. <laughs> it's awesome. So, well, thank you for that. I uh, know you got a long season. I'm pretty sure you got some stuff going on right now. This was great, Oat. You know, hey, we're talking Junior World Finals, and we're going to keep promoting this thing and keep growing it, and you're a big part. I mean, you're a huge part of this and big dude on top of that, so it's it all makes sense. Uh, but I seriously, thank you for coming on the show. No problem. Thank you for having me, and uh, hopefully, like I said, it'll, it'll continue to grow. All right, oh, thanks. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah, bye. Hi there. I'm Frank Thompson from Cheyenne Frontier Days, and you are listening to NFR Extra. That's it for episode 43 of NFR Extra. I want to thank Casey Field and Big Oatberry for joining us. And make sure to check out NFR Extra episode 44 when we have on PRCA bullfighter Robert Blue Jeans and Alyssa Leal from Leal's Junior Bull Riding Championship. 
For more information regarding the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo, visit NFRExperience.com and follow Las Vegas NFR on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Ladies and gentlemen.